Hello and welcome back to the No Ratings Podcast. It's mid-season time, like kind of just after, a little later than usual because we had the World Cup in between. Uh, you might be watching this on YouTube or you might be listening to this on a podcast, but we're going to be doing our predictions. So play along. It's not really a game show, but like leave a comment or like give us a shout on Twitter or give one of the guys a shout on Twitter if you think their if you think their prediction stinks or what your predictions is. Before we actually started this, I said we only have to do top four. Then I sort of looked at my top four and went, you know what? Let's do top eight. Uh, and I can confirm there's a couple of men in here who are not sure what their top eight is. Uh, so let's go from eight to first. Um, I will... <laughs> Baines, you can go first. Who you got eight? I've probably changed this about five times. <laughs> but I'm going to go with... This is the safest bet because Brentford are currently eighth. I went with Brentford. Because I'm looking at Brentford. They're still... They've only got the Premier League to fight for. They're out the FA Cup. They lost to West Ham in the last round. Ivan Tony's obviously firing. And I think overall, Thomas Frank is doing a very, very impressive job. They're very hard to beat. They're giving a lot of their big sides quality games. They beat Liverpool a couple of weeks ago, 3 1. And I just like the look of Brentford kind of. Let's, let's use the word, let's use the term big lightly there. Yeah, but <laughs> they're, they're a very impressive side in my eyes. Mm, let's look at their fixtures. Because actually, like when I was doing my top eight, I didn't even look at fixtures or anything. Um, they have Arsenal away, they have United away. They have Brighton away, they have Newcastle at home, Chelsea away, Liverpool away, Spurs away, City at home. That, that's like 10 really difficult games in their last, what, 19 games we've got left? Well, you've got to play every team once, to be fair, still. Yeah, true. That's terrible <laughs> logic for me. <laughs> no, 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 but Baines, I have a, I have a question. You said, you said that was, wait, wait, bro, bro, you that can't, was safe because they're eight. Wait, bro, you can't move on from that so quickly. You can't let them get away with that. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I let you. I let you off for that. <laughs> terrible logic. Terrible. My uh, bad. I'll allow it today. Um, yeah. No. But Baines, I have another problem because you said that was a safe option. Who have you not included in your top eight? Because there are two teams that are seventh and sixth that are higher than the team you said was your safe pick. Mm-hmm. So, have you included Liverpool and Chase Chelsea in your? Top hey, eight? hey, hey! We're gonna get to that. <laughs> Don't jump the gun. Don't jump the gun. Okay. Um, okay. I've I've also got Brentford eighth, mainly for the fact that when I was looking at it, I was just like, I like you know because they've had such a good season up until this point, they're not going to finish below eighth in my opinion, and if they do, it might be ninth. So I was like, let's chuck them in eighth. But you've made you you've both made like one bigger mission then. Oh shit! Yeah, I have. Didn't That's realize. What I'm oh, the game's a game. <laughs> okay, let me let me, I, I, let I, me ponder. I think for me, like. Eighth is between two teams. Uh, you guys have gone for Brentford. I myself am tipping Brighton to finish eighth. Um, oh, I look wow. at I look at Brentford. They've lost two less game, two fewer games than Brighton. But then Brighton have counteracted that by actually winning two more games as well. I think Deserby Ball is on the rise. Of course, we all know they've beaten some big teams this season uh, and convincingly as well, playing well. And I just think in terms of, I think. I think Brentford will have more of a like a steady, consistent performance, but I feel like maybe draws won't turn into wins. Whereas Brighton might lose a few more, but then win a few more as well. So I, I reckon Deserby's gonna, gonna gonna get that eighth spot for me. I tell you, I tell you what this kind of hinges on is two things. One, I don't know what the latest with the Ivan Tony situation is, mm. um, because it, it, this may be a laugh. To be fair, he. 
It was like he had to respond by January the 3rd and then the game before January the 3rd, he went down in a stretcher. <laughs> like the season was done. Like he was just like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm going to make this as an excuse. And then he was back the next game. So I don't know what happened. I think the investigation is still pending. If he is out for them, as good as they are, I think that basically rules out their chances. And with Brighton, I'm also thinking whether Caicedo um, yeah. stays in them for the rest of the season. I think he will. Um I'm I quite just, sure he will, to be fair. Yeah, I just think Brighton are going to ask for 100 mil plus. Yeah. And at that rate, Chelsea would just go for Enzo. I don't, th- I don't think Brighton are willing to... I think Brighton letting go of Trossard has confirmed that they're nowhere near trying to let go of Caicedo in the same He said, he, unless unless Caicedo goes on strike or something, De Zerbi basically said he's not going... He can go in summer. He has my blessing to go in summer, but he's not going in January. But... To me, Brighton are still... They're a point ahead of Brentford with a game in yeah. hand. If anything, if Brighton win, theoretically, both of their game in hand games in hand, they're actually ahead of Spurs. Yeah. So I think Ooh. they'll be looking up as much as they are looking down. Yeah. Um, so Brighton, Damn, yeah. I gave them eighth, but they could finish even higher, to be fair. They're looking good. It's tricky. By the way, I've done a horrific job of uh, introducing this podcast. That, who you just heard, was James. Um, before that was Danielle, and Baines was the one... <laughs> You figure it out as we go along. Um, I didn't actually notice that Brighton have lost six games this season. That's quite a lot of shit. But Tottenham have lost seven, yeah. you know. Yeah, I know. It's not. It's not considering like considering this league in terms of we're not saying that the overall quality hasn't been what it is. So a lot more teams are are losing, and it's a lot more even through the point standing. Like even in the relegation zone, which we'll touch on later, the the league is a lot more evenly spread out in terms of points. So. Um, I don't think six losses is that much of a a danger as, as it might have been in previous yeah. seasons, actually. Put it this way, United are fourth and they've lost five. So that's basically, crazy. four is on track to lose like nine games at this yeah. rate. So, yeah. Yeah, that's um, great. you got Fulham in there who are seventh. They've lost eight. Yeah. That's that's black. woeful. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, Danielle, who did you put eight? So, I had Brighton finishing eight. Oh, okay. So, two Brightons and two Brentfords. Um I didn't realise that I missed the team out, you know. And then you said it, and now, I've, now I've just, I'm just gonna have to back it because I can't put them in anywhere. So <laughs> they're, they're out of the top eight. Uh, seventh. Um, I'll tell you mine at the end. I'll tell you. My, I'll tell you mine last. Daniel, you can go first this time. <clears throat> For me, uh, I think this team is gonna suffer from a lack of consistency throughout, and they'll just want the season to end as early as possible. But I still feel like they'll get something enough together to climb three spaces. I think Chelsea are going to finish seventh. Oh, shit. That means you left someone out. Um, okay, James, you're nodding. You're going the same? I, I don't know who you think he's left out, honestly, because that's the same with me. I'm going I'm going Chelsea seventh as well. Mm. Um, I think, and Danny, his um, summary was pretty much the same as mine, where it's, they will improve, but they're going to struggle for consistency. Maybe they'll even push for the Champions League. They've got a big enough squad, but they're still getting injuries back together. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Potter's just going to take his time. They'll climb to seventh, but I think that's as much as they can go this season. Very, very much a two steps forward, one step back kind of motion until the end of the season. That's how, that's yeah, how yeah, I see yeah, it yeah. Chelsea. Are you, are you basing that off the fact that you think the other teams above them are going to start to do worse? No, now? Well, when I look at well, when I look at the immediate teams above them, so you've got you've got, for example, your Brentford, Fulham, Brighton are who they're essentially competing with to get that seventh spot. Mm. I just think 
player-wise and also um, mentality-wise, there's there's enough players in that Chelsea squad that have, have been there and done that to go on a bit of a run. And likewise with Brighton, Fulham, Brentford, we've seen time and time again that when you have a surprise package team, sometimes they're pushing for fourth, but then in the end, just over the course of the season, that fourth eventually dilutes into seventh or eighth. We've actually got three teams that are the surprise packages. Fulham have been great, Brentford, Brighton. And I feel like eventually they'll all cancel themselves out and um, and kind of make their way down. West, West Ham are a pretty typical example. Yeah. What was it, two seasons ago? Yeah. They were they were a very similar position to like your Brightford, Fulham, Brentford, where they were proper pushing it. And Arsenal fans were talking about being in the top four race. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it just, they've not got the experience. They don't have the depth of squad and eventually... Um, they peter out. It's still a good, still a good position for these teams to finish in. But I don't think, especially you just look at their squad. They don't have the squad to compete with Chelsea's one billion pound three players in each position, do they? And, and this is this is mm. particularly I make that point particularly because we're exactly halfway through the season in that they've still got to go and play all the big boys again. So whatever maybe goodwill, what what whatever maybe good run of form that Brentford, Fulham, and and uh, Brighton have been afforded to have. They've got to then do it all again. And I just feel like Chelsea, whether it's squad-wise, whether it's quality-wise, may navigate that slightly better. And all it all it kind of takes for these teams, I think, is that once top four kind of goes out of their sights, that's when they start to crumble because they're like, all right, mm. everything we were fighting for, Europa League, right, we're not going to make that. So that at the end of the season, they kind of peter out. Whereas Chelsea, a lot of these players are, to be honest, fighting for their place in the team, fighting for their place in the squad even, because yeah. if they're not performing, they're gone by summer. Mm -hmm. It's mad because like the inconsistency of the season means that like now we're saying Fulham and Brighton and Brentford have had really good runs, but they've all lost like four, six, and eight games. They've only won seven, nine, and and nine games. Uh, Brentford have actually drawn nine games. So actually, like, and it comes to the point you were saying actually, the quality of the league has definitely dropped. It's become more competitive because I think more teams are even, and it's like an even spread. Um, but Brentford could have an identical second half of the season and end up on 60 points. That might get them like top six because of the way the league's been. Um, Baines, who you got seventh? I went to Liverpool. Mm. I still don't trust Liverpool enough to build a consistent run for the rest of the season. Injuries is also another big thing for Liverpool. But at the same time, I know a lot of people don't like him, but once Darwin Nunes is back, he's a danger. I still kind of trust Darwin Nunes to go on a little run, even though we haven't really seen it in the league, as say, in terms of like a consistent basis, but he's a threat. And I think once maybe Liverpool get a couple of the players back, I've been saying it all season, that surely they, they've got too much quality. Yeah. Like I still look at Alisson and say, you're the best keeper I've seen, probably in the Premier League. I think he's that good. Trent, I still rate very, very highly. And I think over the last couple of weeks, I think Trent has picked up in terms of his performances, but people don't really want to talk about it. Van Dijk's obviously injured, so he still has to come back. Listen, the, the midfield's obviously the area, but surely they can still build a consistent run. And maybe like three, four games. Like That's all I think it takes. You win three, four games on the try, you're up there. Kind of Bainsey, Bainsey, you were mentioning it earlier. I don't, I, I'm, I'm wondering, Liverpool or, or, or any of the teams that are still in the Champions League or in Europe, how much do you reckon their fixtures or how well they're doing in Europe will affect how hard they go for the league? I think that's also a good point because I think Liverpool in the next round of the FA Cup got Brighton. Mm. I'll be honest, I think Brighton... Yeah, Liverpool going home. Yeah, I think, Liverpool going home. I, I think Brighton beat Liverpool <laughs> so that helps Liverpool in a way. And in the Champions League, 
I don't think teams in Europe are really firing at the rate that we probably expect. They got Real Madrid in the next round, obviously holders of the Champions League, but I don't know, man. Like, I still don't rate Real Madrid like that. I don't think they've been the same side. Actually, I didn't even think they were that good last year, but even this year, I don't think they've been at the same level. So Liverpool could have a game. Yeah, Liverpool could qualify. I just, I just, I just, I just wonder if Liverpool, some, if Liverpool lose to Real Madrid, then does that derail them and kill their momentum? If they beat Real Madrid, do they all of a sudden start thinking, right, guys, let's go for trophy number eight and let's just take the league as it goes? I wonder mm. where the... Th that's why Liverpool is such a weird one for me, even though my take is slightly different to yours on where they'll finish. But um, I just wonder how but the way, latter stages of the Champions League. The way I look at Liverpool, say, for example, they do progress against Real Madrid and they have a couple of their players back. They still got a lot of players in the front three that still have to fight for the place. You'll probably say mm. Salah's guaranteed. Nunes, Gakpo, Diaz, Firmino, probably Matt Jota. Jota. They're still all going to be fighting for the other two places, which is why I'm like, competition for places that Liverpool is strong once everyone is fit. Surely they still kind of look at the league and stay, come on, man, we kind of have to do something. Sure. Yeah. Mm. I've, I've also got Liverpool 7th. Um, mainly because I think Liverpool... I don't know if they'll do this, but I personally would. I think pie the league and focus on the Champions mm. League. Because like Baines just said there, every other team is like off the mark, basically, in, in the whole of Europe. Um, so you're probably competing against the likes of PSG, City, Bayern as usual. But none of them three have been... Napoli. Yeah, but I think Napoli typically, and I could be completely wrong this season, but Napoli, Napoli in the second half of the season will always have a dip. And it's like historically embedded in their football club. So if they don't, then it'll be like, I'll go, yeah, fair enough. Like that was not meant to happen sort of thing. Um, they did slap Liverpool in the group stage. I hear you, I hear you. But even if they have a dip this season, they're on 50, they're only, they've got an identical record yeah, to Arsenal. Identical record. Yeah. So even if they have a dip, the level they're playing at is still pretty high. Some of the talent they've got, Farad Celia, um, Ossiman, some good players in there that could cause a lot of teams trouble, I think. But what I would say is if you end up in the latter stage of the Champions League, they lose a couple of games in the league, the gap goes from, I think it's 11 at the moment, to six or seven. Uh, and then you play Liverpool midweek, and then you play like AC Milan on a weekend. And this is your first Scudetto in however many years. Napoli want that much yeah, more than the Champions League. So... Yeah, at some point, the handbrake's going to come off in one of the other competition. Whereas for Liverpool, I think Liverpool are probably going in tournament football. And you saw it when Liverpool played City. You saw it when Liverpool played, was it Rangers? In tournament football, Liverpool can just turn it on for one game because the quality is obviously still there. Um, so I personally think Liverpool will go allow the Premier League, beat Madrid, which they're very much so capable of doing. Like Bain said, Madrid are not at it this season. Um and just focus your momentum on that. And then I actually think it could work the other way. Like you start winning in the Champions League and it'll start bleeding into the Premier League. Um, but I would put them seventh. Just well, right. Did you just yeah. flex a win against Rangers? Hey, <laughs> big man. It was this. It was this. <laughs> is this the levels, the levels you've fallen to? This is bad. Hey, you know, but what I, <laughs> what I will say is when we played Rangers, it was away from home and everyone was going, oh, this is like a huge game for Rangers. It's going to be a really tough European night at Liverpool. And Liverpool were playing shit at that time. Like, as probably worse than they're playing now. And, and I'm not saying, whoa, I beat Rangers, <laughs> gang, gang. I'm saying, if you if you look at the context in between, it wasn't meant to be a... I think it was 6-0, is it? I think it was 6-0. I feel like it was 7. Yeah, I think it was 7. Was it? Mad. Did Salah know... trick? Yeah, he did in like 12 minutes. Yeah. Um... So yeah, I th and I also agree with Baines. Like Jota's fit, I think, at the end of Feb. 
Uh, Diaz is supposed to be back in March. Van Dyke's probably back in March. So that's the that's the heat of the battle. Um, so yeah, seventh. Uh, sixth in the table. Uh, they've already come up from you guys. I've gone with Brighton. Um, I just I just think the league is so inconsistent that like to get in the top four, you just need to be capable of stringing five wins together and you're chilling. And I don't think Brighton have that type of consistency. You can see from like their, their season's table, nine wins, four draws and six losses. It is not a consistent run. They've had a few moments where they've won three straight. They've also just drawn 2-2 against Leicester. So I think the inconsistency will leave them pretty much where they are now. So I'll go Brighton six. Um, I am actually going for a team with one loss all season. Uh, the best defensive record, I believe, in Europe's top five leagues. Um, yeah, and I'm going for Newcastle. I feel like they're going to finish. I feel like what, what, what we're looking at is one loss, but we're also looking at for every one win, almost, they've had a draw. So they've drawn nine times, won ten times. And I just feel like there are teams above them that, again, may lose some uh, more games than Newcastle between now and this season. But I feel like they'll get more wins, whereas Newcastle are happy to be the team that regardless of whatever happens, they, they don't want to lose. So they'll be happy to play for a draw and they'll be happy to grind out that stuff. I, I know that right now they're sitting pretty, but again, we're at a halfway stage. And um, I just feel like the likes of Spurs and a few other clubs, once they start going, I reckon Newcastle will draw more, but Spurs will win more games. And that's why I think Newcastle are going to finish uh, sixth. In all fairness, like Newcastle have 39 points and we're going, this their season slaps. Spurs actually have 36 and we're saying Spurs have had a shit yeah. season. There's only three points between well, I them. I guess it's, it's, so, it's context because obviously last season Newcastle were 19th and uh, they've all yeah. of a sudden now become a really nasty team to play as well. Like no one really wants to go there and they've almost got a siege mentality. Of course, they're in a they're in a League Cup semi-final as well. So there's a lot going right for them, which is why we look at like, them like that and Spurs with Conte, we're always talking about is this the season they can try and disrupt and push for a title or, or something like that. But um, I do think Harry Kane is undeniable and he's having a great season despite what Haaland's doing. Harry Kane is also having a great season. I think Son, if he picks up a bit of form, Kulosevsky's there, of course. They've just signed Dan Juma. I feel like they've got it in them to get more wins than Newcastle between now and the end of the season. I massively disagree with the Newcastle thing. <laughs> like, I, I, do you want me to touch on it now? Like, when I no, nah, no, nah, go ahead, bro. And I think with Newcastle, we need to remember they're out the FA Cup, they lost to Sheffield Wednesday. Alexander Isaac's been out for most of the season. Say Maxman's really been a bench player. Yeah, I think yeah, they're struggling to get potentially into signing Anthony Gordon as well. Mm -hmm. So they they do have firepower off the bench, and I just think what I normally associated with Eddie Howe's side was good football. You've all obviously spoke about the siege mentality defensively. They're unbelievable. St. James Park is a difficult place to go as well. I think they're in a very, very good position. And I, I'll i say where I think Newcastle will finish later. But I'll be honest, I think you're underrating Newcastle. No, no. I, I absolutely am certified that, for example, on the last day of the season, like if we had to go away to Newcastle to secure the league, I'd be very stressed out because I feel like the way they've modelled themselves is we are going to be very, very tough to beat and we're going to focus on our defensive stability. But they've got Isaac up top, who's sensational. But the way they're playing now is a lot more high energy in the middle of the park. It's no longer like that. It's no longer that model that let's be defensive and then give it to St. Max and see what he can do. But 
listen, they've drawn nine times. The the next most draws, I think, is six draws in the league. So they well, it's, it's joint with yeah. Brentford, but then yeah, after that, it's like yeah, six, six, so four. six draws in the league. And I and I feel like I feel like I feel like Newcastle are happy with that. I'm not saying that they don't want Champions League now. I'm not saying they don't want Europa League now. But when they're going into league games, they're not all of a sudden going to look over their shoulders and go, guys, let's put our foot on this. Let's go for the three points. If they're in a position to get a draw, I think they'll be happy with it. And um, that's the only reason. I just think that they, there are other teams that, again, may lose more games, but will also win more games than them between now and the season. I, I get Dan's opinion, but I don't agree. Um, if... Newcastle, so I can't remember who said it. Someone said about Newcastle being just three points ahead of Spurs. Uh, if Newcastle win their game in hand, which is against West Ham, or their next game is against West Ham, then they, and assuming City win the next game as well, they'll actually be as far ahead of Spurs as they are behind City. So they'll be six points. They'll be six points ahead with the same games played. Also, I think what we need to consider is it's so easy to see Newcastle as a West Ham in this situation, oh. but basically since Eddie Howe took over, they have been consistently. They've I think they've only lost three games, yeah. twice to Liverpool and once to City, um, and they've been consistently getting like an average of two points a game, which is serious, serious yeah. numbers for a team like yeah. them. So. You're right, they could have a fall-off, but basically since he took over and they're only getting stronger, they um, have been consistently a serious team. Um, what number are we on? We're on six. six. I have Liverpool, but I think it very much hinges on the Champions League result. Um, I think Liverpool could easily beat Real Madrid, and if they do... I think that would put them sixth. If they lose to Real Madrid and they focus on the league, I think they'll finish ahead of Spurs in fifth. Um, and the reason I say that is because just with Liverpool, they've always been at their best when they've had a consistent eleven. And this season, that's the opposite of what they've had. Um, like a team like Chelsea, they're always flipping and changing between lineups. Whereas Liverpool, during that unbelievable season, it's the same as Arsenal this season. They basically had an unchanged lineup. I think. Klopp likes that and he's not been able to have that recently. Um, what's mad to me is that Liverpool are a defensive midfielder away from having a very strong team. At the moment, Fabinho's getting dropped for Bajetic, or yeah. however you say his name. Um, and I think that's that's kind of crazy that he thinks you can go into a top four race to the end of the season. with. Hey, this kid's good, bro. This he's kid's good. good. He's good, absolutely. No disrespect, but the teams he's coming up against, you're in a top four. If you want to come top four against teams like United with Casemiro, um, no disrespect, you need a better player there. And I know Liverpool just aren't willing to put the funds. Um, so if you can get a consistent lineup, I think you could finish um, sixth if you, if you beat Real Madrid and focus on the Champions League. Or fifth, if you lose and focus on the league, but I think you'll fall short to other teams. If I'm not wrong, just very quickly on Liverpool, the year Liverpool scraped into fourth, you know, when Nat Phillips and Reese Williams were injured, didn't Liverpool come runners up in the Champions League? Or was that the season after? I couldn't tell you. So it's season 2021. Oh, no, no, no. It was the season after Liverpool came runners up. Yeah, yeah, no, ignore me. Uh, for a second, I thought I'd stumble across a beast of uh, a logic, <laughs> but yeah, no, I didn't. Um, Baines, who you got sixth? And Brighton as well. Okay. All right. So, who you got fifth? Fifth, I've got Tottenham. Mm. Yeah. 
as much as like everyone laughs at Tottenham, they just somehow get results more more often than not. I say more often than not, they lost seven games a season, but you know what I mean, <laughs> kind of thing, isn't it? And I think with the signing of Dan Juma, I think from what I'm hearing, I think they're looking to sign Pedro Perro. How do you yeah, say his name right it's now? It's close, apparently. And we all know how bad, for example, Emerson and um, who else, Doherty have been on the right hand side for them. So I think that's obviously an improvement. And I think overall, listen, I still trust Conte enough to get results. I know a lot of people don't like Conte. I still back Conte to an extent. And listen, they probably have top three best players in the Premier League, Harry Kane. Like, some of the finishes over the last couple of weeks we've seen of Harry Kane have been an absolute joke. No, absolutely. He's which been, is why listen, well I will always back him kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But you got on fifth. I uh, <laughs> so I've I, I've got I've got uh, I've got Spurs in in fifth as well. Uh, purely as I touched on the last point, just from a just from a point of view of being able to get results out, um, signings like Dan Juma will help, and they're very top heavy as well. Like they've got some great options up top. And if, if Son can go away for a bit and just go, right, that was my first half of the season. I need to go to the mountains. Listen, I'm still that guy. Just follow Sancho. Yeah, I, need to, I need to start cooking again. I think he can I think he can get back on it once he discovers a bit of form and a bit of confidence. Um, I back Spurs to be able to put something together. And of course, how many times have they how many times have they drawn? They've definitely lost seven, but then they've, they've drawn, drawn three, three and one eleven. So it doesn't seem to be Again, one of those ones where it's not like they've won, um, they've not won as many, but they've drawn quite a bit. Like, because draws can be tricky. Like, if you get four draws in a row, that's not as good as, you know, two wins, two losses. Do you know what I mean? So, I feel like uh, Spurs will be able to put wins together. And as Bainesy said, when you've got Harry Kane, you've, you've got a chance to score goals and get wins. And I think Kudoseski's fitness is also a massive yeah. thing going into the back end of the season because yeah. I think. <clears throat> Listen, he's one of the best right-wingers in the league. His decision-making is top-class, but injuries have been a problem for him this season. Yeah, I, I was I was going to say more of that. It's Kane, so Kane's on 16 goals in 21 games, which means if he carries on at this rate, he gets about 30, 31 goals, which is unbelievable because everyone's talking Haaland. Whereas Kane, if, he, if he's got a hat-trick next game, then he's on for basically breaking the record as well. Um, people haven't really spoken about that, which, again, is Haaland's fault. And he's also only scored two penalties out of the 16, which is probably less than less than usual. Um, he really has put the team on his back if Son is able to step up in the second half. And Kulusevski's back fit, who has been really good recently. He was the one player against Arsenal that I was really scared of. Um, I think he's so good. Um, also, Richarlison still hasn't scored a goal in the league for them. Um, so it's about time that he started making some contributions. Um, but yeah, assuming that they they just start playing as a team, that they they pick up, I think they'll finish fifth, maybe just just sneaking ahead of Liverpool. Or again, as I said, depends on what happens in the Champions League. But it'll be between those two for fifth and sixth, I think. They've conceded thirty one goals, you know. Didn't realize which is... they win every they win every game three two. They concede yeah. two yeah. goals and score three. Yeah. True, but that's a lot of goals to concede to finish in a top five. I mean, wait till we hear where I've got them. Um, but there's like there's teams on the table like Everton have conceded 28. Yeah, West Ham have conceded 25. Three times more goals than Newcastle. That's bonkers. Yeah, that's madness. That's actually insane. But I guess but, I guess that that that's more like of a stylistic issue. Like for example, Everton would have conceded an X amount of goals because yes, they they they're trying to put men behind the ball, but then being incredibly flat in the middle and at the top as well. Whereas Spurs 
because of their attacking line are actually trying to go for something which mm. then but their goal difference their goal difference still isn't that convincing yeah, they've got a worse goal difference than uh, Brighton and Newcastle I often think you can kind of judge a team's like if they're serious or not by their goal sure. difference because sometimes the West Ham's of this world will be up there but they're only winning every game by one yeah. goal so they'll be top four with a with a plus seven goal difference like United yeah. right now um, <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle this season have a plus 22 goal difference so they've been winning games convincingly yeah. so yeah well, te- yeah true actually yeah yeah good logic um, I've got Newcastle fifth I think they'll just run out of goals I've been saying for a while that like and I think you've seen it actually in their recent games they had Almiron's purple patch where I think he got like seven in eight games or seven in nine and they won those games like 1-0, 2-0 now they're at the point where Wilson's obviously not fully fit. Alexander Isak's just coming back from fitness and we don't know how good he's going to be this season. I think he's going to be great long-term. But I do think they're now going, oh, Joe Linton's bagged one for us. Dan Burns scored a, a scissor kick from 48 mm-hmm. yards out. Like it's, there, There's no like repeat system on how they're going to score goals. And I think they will just run out of goals in yeah. the end. Um, I think they'll, they'll probably end up with similar stats to where it is now. Like I think they'll probably finish the season with three losses maybe like 15, 16, 17 draws and however many wins. I think it will end up being very, very similar to the first half of the season. Um, but I think the other teams will improve, which will mean they naturally fall away a little bit. Um, top four. Some of you lot must have... like I think three are decided, but I can't work out who you lot have got fourth. Um, Baines, your fourth must be... I've got United fourth. Wow! Whoa, wait! Whoa! 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 This whoa. is what you call. This you... is what you call protecting yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got United fourth, even though like from, from I think we're better than Newcastle. But the reason I got United fourth, I just think fixtures, man. Like we have a lot of fixtures piling up. We're still in the League Cup. We're still in the FA Cup. Ten Hag's convinced you, bro. Ten Hag's convinced you. No, no, we still got an extra two games. <laughs> Obviously, in the European, because we finished second, and those two games against Barcelona. I think we was the second leg against Barcelona on a Thursday, Carabao Cup finals on a Sunday. It's difficult, kind of thing. And I just do think United squad as a whole, I still don't trust them enough, if that makes sense. We, mm. just, we spoke about Offay in terms of the front line. Rashford's firing. I think Weghorst has been doing all right, personally. Got, got his goal yesterday, which was obviously a massive positive. Still question marks over Anthony. Sancho still has to come back. Marshall, we know with his fitness record. And then in midfield, I think Ericsson has been a bit iffy over the last couple of weeks. And obviously then you're bringing in someone like Fred. Fred's a stylistically different sort of player to Ericsson. Mm. You're going to have to change things up, which is why I still got United fourth just because of the amount of fixtures we got. Obviously, as, as Rambo mentioned, you have to play... Arsenal, City, United, <laughs> Liverpool, Tottenham, and, and 16 other teams. So it's, it's hey, listen, honestly, games. when I said that, it felt like I'd literally pulled a rabbit out of the hat. Um, so, you know. Um, uh, question for you, Baines. We spoke about this very briefly off air. I didn't know United had conceded 32, by the way, but that's at the early season, wasn't mm. it, when you were getting tonked by Brentford? Um, <laughs> well the six goals. That's a tonked. <laughs> um... Well, two things, actually. Firstly, United are complaining about fixtures. Liverpool went and played in Barbados in the middle of the season, then came back and played a Carabao Cup game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean by that. What I mean is... Everyone's a victim. Everyone's a victim. Yeah. (laughs) We have to complain kind of thing, isn't it? 
um, and this Thursday Sunday chat, like when Klopp was doing this, people were going, "Shut up, Klopp!" Uh, now you know. Now the legs are getting nah, tired. Also, <laughs> also can we go on? Go on, Ben. I've always said I think Thursday Sunday football is kind of impossible to do in it. I've always said that just for caveat. Kind of. Can we speak about your fans moaning about having the Palace game in between the Arsenal game? Because it's your fault you didn't qualify from the group in first. That is not the Premier League's fault. There was only one place they could have put it, which was on the Thursday. So that's your responsibility, not us. Baines, have a word, mate. And people have, a word, have a word with you. Yeah, why, why are we shouting at Baines? Though? Baines is actually putting his hands <laughs> and going, yo, it's not my fault. That's fan base. Your fan base recently. It's just part and part of a sort of football kind of thing, isn't it? Like, you're going to get some decisions for you, some decisions against you. Just kind of have to move on. Wow. You sound I like still a think coach. Fourth... You sound like a coach. Yeah, man. Yeah, Baines is one game at a time. I still think fourth <laughs> is a brilliant season, by the way, for United. Um, on this uh, forwards thing, I feel, and it might be unpopular, because obviously the bald man is not called Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and he's not Norwegian. And so everyone thinks he's a tactical genius and he's got Ajax on his CV. United don't actually have a route to goal. The route to goal is give it to Rashford. Um, give it Rashford. And I think... There has to like there has to be a little bit of a question about that because I know people are gonna go, well, he's got he hasn't got a centre forward and his right winger's not quite at it. But there is actually no strategy. The strategy is like just defend as well as we can and how fast can we get it to Rashford in one v one situations. That in my opinion is very similar to Oligan Shoshar. Slightly less defensive, slightly less pragmatic, but just as one dimensional. But I mean if it if it is, if it is, sorry, Ben, you can go on that, but what's what's I mean, to simplify it all, what's wrong with that? If if they're running on Rashford and Inshallah right now and they're like slyly building up this little semi-title race in their heads, as long as Rashford keeps running through and beating the men and getting it on target... That's the problem. That's the problem. The problem is the problem is the words as long as. Uh-huh. Because yeah. if Rashford stops, he is scoring obviously an unsustainable rate. It's not like Haaland who is getting hundreds and hundreds of chances every game. Against Arsenal, I know it was 2 0. I know they say uh, Ten Hag said he sussed us out and all this. I don't think it was a close game. The, the two, no. yes. Oh, you know. Toe to toe. Toe to toe is what I was hearing. <laughs> what built that narrative was Gary Neville on commentary at half time, uh, on about 60 minutes, said, This has been a really even game. Mm. And everyone went, Hey, it's been an even game. And I was like, You lot are mad. Like, this has been far from an even game. Yeah. United were getting pummeled. You had him, you, so the goals that the, you had, like United had like six shots that yeah. game. Uh, Rashford scores a wonder goal, and Martinez scores from an individual mistake. So it's not it's not really sustainable, as you say. That's the problem with what you're saying. I think they'll be fine, um, but I do hear what you're saying because also now that they've brought in Weghorst. He's not a goal scorer. He's a facilitator who's going to bring other people into the game. So if Rashford gets injured or stops scoring, he's not going to start bailing you out every week. Anthony's not. Bruno, has his new role is kind of not goal scorer anymore. He's more of a facilitator. But you don't, but so you don't, think, once you don't think Veghorst playing as a target man and not really... Veghorst fancies himself as a goal scorer. He did mention that, listen, this is one thing... There's only one thing I do and it's score goals. But let's say he starts playing with his back to goal or he's all about holding up the play and laying it off. Wouldn't that benefit people like Anthony on the other side and, and Rashford I think and you saw... Fernandez just behind Do you him? know what I can compare it to? You'll, you'll, you'll understand this, Dan. Lacazette last season. Oh. So so he is a facilitator and he was creating. He got something like nine assists last season or something. A lot of them, a lot of them were um, 
people outperforming their XG because, in all honesty, he didn't create as many chances as it seemed. He was the facilitator with his back to goal. But the problem is there were times that we needed him to score. There were times, Burnley nil-nil, where the ball gets cut back from Smithrow, lovely run, and he's not scoring. That's the problem because you need, you can't, you can't win title. You can't go far in a season with a striker who can't score. I know City had a striker, but but they had a false nine, and Jesus or whoever it was was still contributing goals and assists. Veghorst will be even less, in my opinion, than that. I think the benefit of Veghorst, though, we kind of saw it yesterday in terms of. You know, for that goal, I don't know if you look, saw it. Does Martial, for example, who's a first choice striker, does he gamble? No. Because that's been no, a no, big no. criticism of Anthony Martial. And that's something Weghorst did do, which is obviously a positive. And I think Weghorst's overall play, massive positive. I think yesterday he had something like 100% pass accuracy. And I think, remember the goal that we scored against um, Crystal Palace? I yeah. think Weghorst was on the last man in the centre backs, and then Bruno had a bit of space. Yes. And I think that's obviously. A positive of having more of like a traditional because, number nine because that's he's occupying defenders that Martial would not be occupying, mm. and and that, that's mm. why I'm surprised you said uh, you said fourth actually because there's a little bit of a when you don't have a clue. I'm not saying United don't have a clue, but if I'm taking the base point uh, that like what is United's plan? If there is no plan and something's not working, then a, a focal point in the middle does add something to it. it 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 does allow you to uh to um get chances a different dimension yeah, uh, kind of get thing. chances mm. have shots on goal half chances what even if they're fluky just him being there getting onto second balls keeping defenders busy holding it up and laying it off i think is a lot more productive than what is the next best alternative to to that in the middle martial or whoever it is. No, I, I, I get what you're saying, Baines, and it is, it's hard to quantify that where he's occupying three defenders. It's so hard to quantify mm. the impact that that's making. But I do think at the end of the day, just someone, when Rashford's not firing, he's got to be laying off to someone. So someone has to be scoring. Sure. And you, um, Sorry, you best believe Jay, he's Eric Ten Hag's going. Jaden Sancho, and inshallah, he's going. I hope he's coming back fresh because that's an. He's gonna be like, yes, I got two Rashfords in the team now. They can't stop me. Ten Hag brought him back from the Netherlands, and he sent him to South London. He said, "Yo, listen, go grab some Morleys. Yeah, go chat. To, go chat to your brethren. Just clear your head. Go get a trim from HD Cuts, and then link me at the training ground because it's about to get. I'll be honest. I don't know what he's gonna do with Sancho though, because I think. Obviously, the left-hand side, uh, Rashford's now. On the right-hand side, Anthony's obviously not playing well. Didn't Sancho, didn't Sancho be... play on the right for Dortmund? Sorry, correct me if I'm wrong. He's played Rich. on the right a lot. But, and he even started on the right in pre-season. But then when he the season started... Both, didn't he? Yeah, when the season started, he obviously moved to the left when we signed Anthony. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, he has my argument for um, Sancho being on the left is because he, he's not fast enough. Um, mm. Him being on the right, you have to be able to... Either be if you're left footed, you're fine because you can cut in and whip one like your Saka, like your Anthony, if you want. Uh, or if you're right footed, you need to have the pace to be able to beat a man on the outside and get to the byline. But he doesn't have that. He doesn't have either of them. So you kind of want him as like an inside, a wide playmaker on the left. Um, but as you say, with Rashford, he's not going to get a sniff there. So listen, just chuck Rashi through the middle, play Ten Hag hoofball. It'll be fine, you know. But then, uh, are you not better off playing Garnacho on the left end instead of who? Oh, Sancho. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. Rashford, That's Rashford it. likes space to run into, man. Like Rashford is. This is the this is the modern forward now. It's not like 
it's not gone are the days where you've got your your hitman necessarily just playing through the middle man like rashford likes space rashford likes and mm. rashford loves shooting from distance like it's not that it's not that he doesn't feel like he can carry the ball any further he just he's nailed on a technique where he knows how to whip it from distance let it move. All striking capabilities are very, very. And they always. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. If you if you've got him as a centre forward, you're automatically kind of reducing the amount of space between him and the goal, which is not exactly what he wants. And to further that, also the better they get, the less space they'll be. Because as yeah. a bad team, they're going to play deep. They'll find space in behind, like Arsenal playing a high line. Uh, when they get better and teams start sitting back, there's going to be even less space. Yeah. It's the same. We Arsenal fans have the same argument with Martinelli. It's so annoying. I'm saying. Why do we need to move Martinelli in the centre? His best attribute is running at yeah. players. He's yeah. got a lot in his game that he could refine. Maybe later in his career, he could become a striker. But right now, he, he needs to be, as a winger, isolating players. Uh, he's been struggling recently because uh, I put that down to not having people up close enough around him. Mm. Um, but he's still he's still been an effect. You know, I think when we'll talk about Arsenal in more detail, I think that's deliberate from Arteta. I think because yeah. he believes that Martinelli is so... Uh, he basically shifts the game to the right hand side, yeah, and absolutely. and and he believes that Martinelli can take players on in one v one situations, and he's really not sloppy with the ball. I, so I, I don't know if you lot saw the buying game the other day. Kingsley Coleman yeah. was a perfect example because now yeah. had kind of oh, I can't remember who he had on the other side, Musiala and Sane, I mm-hmm. think, and then he had Kingsley Coleman literally on the right hand side who one v one is an absolute demon. Yeah, so he kind of let Kingsley Coleman kind of isolate the fullback and then bang. And now that you've mentioned that, if you if you watch Arsenal play, you'll notice that like the runs or the movements that Odegaard makes are a lot more leaning to Saka's side, and the link-up play or the amount of tight passes in that corner of the box are a yeah. lot more and a lot more consistent than the Martinelli side. The Martinelli side is once you've dragged everyone across, if there's space, get him there. And like you said, let him go at them one on one because yeah. Also, mm-hmm. sorry, the opposition defending. If the if you're um, if you're um, what's the term? Overloading the right hand side. Naturally, if you're defending, you have to the opposition has to overload their left, leaving one v one situations on the opposite side. And Martinelli's a killer in one v one situations. The, the other thing that that leads to is if they try and avoid the one v one, the centre back shifts across and it leaves a lot of space in the left half space. For Xhaka yeah. to run into, which he's done so well but this season, not, got eight James, games. Let's not say too much. Yeah, we don't want to give like we don't want to give our yeah yeah yeah. We don't want to give, yeah. <laughs> yeah. give our peers anything to work on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think have we all done our fifth? Because like I think we did. We oh, started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so we're into fourth. I'll go first. I've got um Spurs fourth. I think. Wow. I just I'm I, I'm on the theory that this season has been so erratic and poor. In terms of quality, or and no, not poor, but like it's been competitive because there's a lot of average sides basically, and I think this, some of the average sides are in the top eight at the moment who are overperforming, uh, and I think they'll tail off, and then the individual quality will show. Spurs only need to go on a small run to end up in the top four, and then I think it's much easier if you're Newcastle, Brighton, Fulham, Brentford, and you're in the top four, and teams are chasing you because you're almost always kind of going. Well, if we lose, it's fine because we weren't meant to be here anyway. Once you fall out of the top four, chasing the teams that are more consistent than you is very hard. Because then when you play on a Sunday after Tottenham have beaten Villa 1-0 and you're playing West Ham away and you're Fulham, before when you're in the top four, you were like, we're in the top four, we're going to smoke West Ham. Now you're like, if we lose to West Ham, the top four is over. Um, and I also think if Pedro Porro happens, Conte's now or should have his wing backs 
And so then they shouldn't have a complaint because Pedro Porro is class. Um, so on the basis of that, Harry Kane's form as well. And I agree with everyone else saying Son, send him to the mountains because they just need five or six goals out of Son and they're cooking. Um, and and what and your and point I, there, which Bainesy emphasised as well, is that that six to eight win run that you need to like cement your position has now become a three to four game, three to yeah, five game run. Yeah. So. And they've got that. They've got that in the locker. And then also to top that off, Dan Juma's Muslim and he's out of Tottenham. So big up Dan Juma. We're backing you. We're backing your stocks, brother. Inshallah. <laughs> uh, other religions are also accepted. <laughs> of course. Just putting it out there. <laughs> um... Baines, who you got fourth? Fourth is where I had United. Ah, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. James? Uh, Newcastle, I think. Um, as I say, I think they have enough to make it to the top four because of the consistency they've got. But um, I don't know, just recently watching them, watching United, I think United just have more quality than them. Um, and I think also United are still learning under uh, Ten Hag, whereas Newcastle are kind of closer to their final form. So if you take away Newcastle if you take away United's first two games of the season, I think Newcastle have been sorry, I think United have been a much better team. So I I'll, I'll stick them stick Newcastle fourth and go on, I'll give it away. United third. Yeah. Um, I am I'm interested to see your guys' faces when I say this. I believe that Jurgen Klopp's Reds are gonna finish fourth this season. The reason I the reason I believe that is I'm tipping Darwin Nunez, the chaos baller. I'm not even that big a fan of him because I just don't reckon hitting the post 16 times means you're chaotic. Um, but <laughs> I, but I, I just feel like I feel like he's gonna he's gonna come good, and I feel like the the halfway point symbolically and mentally can be a very good place to kind of reset and go again. And we've mentioned all their quality, and we've mentioned that injuries are probably. Um, part of the reason, as well as an aging midfield, of why Liverpool are performing as they are. I think if they get those players together and get a run going, like you mentioned, they don't need to win, I don't know, eight games in a row now to really get their stuff going. Um, I feel like they can go on a run. I think they'll lose, again, I think they can lose less games than Spurs. I think they can be more consistent than Newcastle. Um, yeah, and I think they can squeeze fourth, just about. By the way, who put, who put Spurs um, fourth? Me, did you did you raise your eyebrows at Dan's Liverpool shout? Yes, because you know if Liverpool win their two games in hand, they are only one point behind Spurs. Yeah, brother, Liverpool winning the two games. In hand. <laughs> I know, I know. But even if they get four, even if they get four, they're only three but, points but behind. You see, um, th this point is basically the point we've been making all podcasts about the fine margins this season. If you look all the way down the table, like the. The bottom three, the, the the teams in the bottom three could completely change after like three yeah. match days, you know? So that's the um that's the margins we're dealing with. And I just feel like I just don't feel that Klopp's gonna go in reverse to the point where they miss out on the Champions League. I feel like certain standards have been set and um they're not quite at a they're definitely going through a transition period, but there is enough there is enough of a squad from his golden era. To carry them through, and uh, I think I think Brother. Rowan will get will catch. But them. would you not have said that throughout this entire season? Yeah, exactly. Right, like every week we're going. This is the one, and it just not happened. Because that that was me. Like after the Rangers game, I think it was I'm like, yeah, Liverpool are going to build a decent mm -hmm. run now. 
after the City game, Liverpool are surely going to build a decent run. And it just happened. No, but that's the thing. That, that, that's why I said mentally the halfway stages are... When, you know when you're a quarter through or whatever like that, you're constantly trying to chase something. You're constantly trying to go, right, can we create a title challenge? Can we do this? Can we do that? I think Liverpool's objective is clear now. Like, now they know that we've got 18 games to do the business. And the business that we need to be doing is getting into that Champions League. And I think they'll focus on it, man. They're just a very bizarre bunch. Like, I'm looking at the results. They beat City and West Ham 1-0. Uh, and against City, they were outstanding. Then lost to Forest 1-0. Lost to Leeds 2-1. They were shit in both mm -hmm. games. Beat Tottenham 2-1. Played quite well. Beat Southampton 3-1. Played quite well. Beat Villa 3-1. Bit of an erratic game. Squeezed past Leicester. Then lost 3-1 to Brentford. Then got battered 3-0 against Brighton. It, they're just a really bizarre bunch. The, and also, the next four fixtures are really not nice. Wolves away, Everton at home, Everton going to have a new gaffer, Newcastle away, and Palace away. Typical Liverpool, and then United. Typical Liverpool fixtures that they don't enjoy. Do you know, do you know who Liverpool miss, I think, Firmino? They've missed, yeah. they've missed a bit of craft up front because... Your midfield, maybe Harvey Elliott is your primary creator or Salah, but I don't know who Salah's creating for at the moment. Um, but apart from that, you've got Gakpo, Nunes and Salah. Who, who's creating and who's scoring? None of, yeah. none of them know what's going on, really. So you, you need, Firmino's the glue. Um, and he actually had a really good start to the season. Um, so I think him coming back, I don't know, he's aging a little Fourth, bit. Fourth though, man. Fourth. This is the one I'm most confident about in the whole top eight. This is the one. So listen, I'd like everyone to save this one and cut the 26th of Jan at 4.07. I want you to come back to me at the end of May, 29th of May, I think it is, when Liverpool have secured Champions League and uh, just refer to me as a football genius. So there we go. All right. Uh, me and James, we both got United, Manchester United third, leaving Baines and Daniel Baines. Wait, who who would United, you would have United with Newcastle third for me? That's madness. I don't think it is. That's like, as it stands currently. Yeah, and for me, my logic is more down to United. Got a lot of fixtures: Newcastle out the FA Cup, League Cup left. What two games potentially, mm. and then just a free run at the Premier League. And I think. As I said, Alexander Isaac still has to come back. Or oh, he's back now. He still has to kind of settle in a bit more. Say, Maximin probably still has to fire. They just look good. And we've seen it, like, I think last season, even when Bruno Gamaris, for example, wasn't really in the side, they were still winning games. Mm. And I just think overall as a unit, they're phenomenal. I think they've only conceded five goals at home, scored 18, haven't lost at home. The only game they've lost this season has been Liverpool in Liverpool, the 98th Gang, minute. gang. Yeah, it's difficult... D like difficult team to beat, but that find it difficult to turn draws into wins. I hear that, but at the same time, I think they've got nine clean sheets in the last 10 in all competitions. Yeah. Like that record is phenomenal. Yeah. And I don't think enough people are just, like, they're giving credit, but that is staggering. Kind of. No, I, I agree that like what Eddie Howe's doing is like borderline miracle, but um... like they, I think it is. The third in the we'll Premier League. <laughs> the third third in the Premier League is definitely with this side is miracle work. I mean, like, a, yeah, this isn't a super team yet. That's what annoys me is people say since takeover, takeover. Most of these players, it's pretty much Bruno is the only player they couldn't have really Kieran, got pre takeover. No, Kieran Tierney. What am I saying? Trippier. Kieran Trippier. Trippier. <laughs> <laughs> they they, they could have got him. Love. I think they could have got Isaac. him. Exactly. 
Isaac probably not, but we haven't even seen him. He's exactly. only played uh, three times. Who the, was it, could have got wait, 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 What's the centre back, Donny? What's his name? Botman. Yeah, Botman. Botman teams around him. I, I no, nah, I think Everton sign players like Botman. You get Villa yeah. signing players like Diego Carlos. Diego nah, Carlos. Nah, listen, are just in Spain. Like they, they, they're coming for the pay packet. But Sven Botman. Like that is a. Was his age? Did his agent not say like he offered Botman to Everton as well for that? Yeah, years? he did. He did. He did. Crazy. So the summer before Botman joined Newcastle, Arsenal, Man U, and Liverpool, Liverpool wanted him, yeah. I believe. And then the summer later, he had a pretty average season, and no one wanted him anymore. And then Newcastle stepped in. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I, th- I think also being third in the Premier League, regardless of the situation, this team, I think they're twenty nine points better off now that's than were last season. That's incredible. That's like that's nutty. But in terms of like finishing third. 0-0 against Palace, 1-0 against Fulham, 0-0 against Arsenal, 0-0 against Leeds. They're going to run out of goals. They're struggling for goals now. They're hoping someone else has a purple patch. Yeah. What's What's been our biggest um, position difference, our biggest disagreement so far? Then? Yeah, you guys have said... So I, you, who, who had Newcastle lowest? You had, you've disagreed with me putting Newcastle 6. And I've got them third. So it's three I have them 6 as well. So it is Newcastle. Newcastle. Someone there. had Chelsea out of yeah, New Bay. You had Chelsea out of the top 8, right? Yeah, they're not in my top 8. And who had them highest? I think it was like seventh. Yeah, mate. My, my yeah. Seventh I, I, I'm not convinced on Chelsea. Um, I just think they have they're going through such an overhaul that Potter's changing his team every single week. Um, obviously we've seen 35 minutes of Mudrick, and I was also gassed. Oh, but he good. equally, he did look good. But I'm like, it's 35 minutes going to change. Hey, you say that, yeah, uh, but there's certain wingers that you know are just going to make. Yeah, it. no, you no. Don't need an overlapping <laughs> fullback. Like man, another all players. I've seen so far, all I've seen so far is. Aaron Lennon, so I'm not. I'm not. I'm all right. <laughs> it's Dan James. I'm, it's Dan right. James. I'm all right, isn't it? Yeah, calm, isn't it? Listen, like, like I hear it. I, obviously, like he he looked unbelievable. I'm gonna regret, I'm he gonna definitely looked that very much. But yeah, I'm, I'm willing to die on this hill. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't get the hype yet because we still they still don't have a number nine, bro. Like. Yeah, they, they and they don't have a way of playing. They don't have a system. They're still trying to figure out what they're doing. I think they'll struggle. Um, I think with Chelsea, it's also hard. Like, what are they going to do for the rest of the window? Yeah. Like, they're so unpredictable, obviously. I think Gusto looks like he's going to come in. Quality, yeah. quality signing. Who are they going to get him in field? Enzo's not happening, by the way, from what I read earlier. Um, Benfica are giving him two million compensation for pulling the plug on a Chelsea move. Um, that's so, mad yeah. their power these days is crazy yeah man um, and I don't think they'll get Moses Carcedo yeah, I'm quite sure they won't so I think I don't think they'll end up with a midfielder and if they do it'll be someone they don't actually want Anana's yeah. been linked to Everton Bowley the Cowboys gonna, he's gonna find a way uh, <laughs> he's gonna start chucking money he's around. getting Modric bro he's gonna go get Modric and Cruz so, so, so <laughs> um, United highest I got him third yeah, same same yeah yeah, so it's just Baines. Oh, yeah, you know, so it's um, Baines. You're protecting himself, but we're all you. We're yeah, all, it's you know, a one game at a time. Yeah, isn't it? We're, we're all unanimously <laughs> clear that United will be the best of the the best of the rest at, uh, outside of the title yeah. challenge. Yeah, they were just fall short of their their title challenge that they were right in the middle of. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that that was hilarious, man. There was a lot of United fans going, "We're in this title challenge," then they lost to, and they're like, "This is still a phenomenal achievement with Eric Ten Hag. What he's done has been unbelievable." <laughs> I'm so lucky I never did something during the I was on the title challenge. Uh, uh, right, top two obviously leave City and Arsenal unless someone's going to go proper rogue. Um, Baines, you go first, then me, then we'll go to the Arsenal fans. It's only fair doing it that way, I think. Oh, I think it's obvious, City. Fuck. 
like, it's, it's obvious now I've got Arsenal top. I still don't think Arsenal get enough praise, you know. Like, mm. what they'll oh. do... Yeah, the way you sorry, said sorry, that. Sorry. Was that second? No, no. Uh, Man City second, Arsenal first. Oh, I thought he yeah. asked his first. I also, I also thought you were saying City <laughs> would be first. So uh, I was like, wait. Nah, I was, I was going to say, I still don't think Arsenal get enough praise. Talk on it. Like, talk on it, like, I hate doing it. Go on, like, on <laughs> on no, 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 I love watching Arsenal right now. Yeah. And I know, like, look at, for example, Saka Martin and United side. My favourite version of Man City was that 18-19, I think it was with Sane and Sterling. Yeah, they were taking This is the closest yeah. thing I've seen to that version of City in recent times, which is why I'm like, I can't hate it. Every celebration. You turn into Anthony, Daniel's just sat there doing <laughs> that every it, by the way, We deserve this. We deserve this. I'm 23 years old. And since I've been watching football, Arsenal have been basically just in a bad period I don't like to say a dark period because obviously teams have had worse but we've just we've been the banter team the whole time we've been getting beaten with the stick so we deserve to absolutely make the most of this moment that we're on top however long it lasts I'm taking it so we're gonna keep doing this keep doing this <laughs> no, the, the, only, the, is, like, the only reason the, we're doing it to be honest I like I'm just happy within myself I don't feel like any resentment or payback towards any fans that have given me stuff maybe Chelsea fans but apart from that I'm just happy I'm happy because I'm happy because I didn't like I remember saying I remember saying to my friends when we're sitting there and I don't even think this was that long ago I was maybe just before Arteta or maybe in Arteta's first season even though I felt like Arteta was an incredible manager I was like I right now can see Arteta being our manager for the next 15 years I said Mm. that but I also said I'm comfortable with the fact that Arsenal probably won't ever challenge for the league ever again. I remember because nice. just because of where football's going, I was like, "Huge just given up, man. Know, man just no, no, gave no. up." But I, I, it wasn't that I, it wasn't that I gave up because I, I was like, I was just gonna find enjoyment in other things. I was gonna start celebrating the top four like a trophy. Do you know what I mean? As a wise. Honestly, I thought you were going to say I'm, I was going to start playing chess or something like that. <laughs> no, but, like, why would you do I, that? I genuinely <laughs> just felt like where football was going, I was like, well, "Do I want?" Do I want Arsenal to fall into that? Probably not. So would I prefer to just love the way they play, love the history of the club, love the Arsenal way? And I'm just really happy that Hayland, Arsene Wenger's legacy, Arteta, like everything has come together for us to be at the top of the league and get 50 points halfway through the season doing things the Arsenal way. That's what makes me the happiest. Mm. Isn't it? Isn't it so surreal though that last year we were we would have done anything to just qualify for the Champions yeah. League? Mm-hmm. Everyone was talking about, oh, imagine Emirates under the lights being yeah. able to go to a Champions yeah. League game, and now we're talking Champions League is a, a given. Yeah. A given. We're not even thinking about that. We're not thinking about. We will. We will end this season Probably if we don't. Be one win of the, the favourites for the Champions League. If we win people this will year. be disappointed. People will be disappointed if we don't. Yeah, win the title. And, and I think mm. I, th- I think the thing is like, listen again a lot of games to go and listen at the back of our mind we've still got to play City twice so there's there's a title deciding game twice it's not just oh let's get over the line we can focus on anything else there's two more to go um but that shouldn't take away from what Arsenal achieved in this first half of the season because we've uh, we've been sensational and and again we've done it the Arsenal way so that's why I'm happy 
there's a, a little period, game week 33, where you play City away, Chelsea at home, Newcastle away, Brighton at home. You know That's, what's my idea? We one of them this. is... Go on. No, we done this like during this period that Arsenal had. When they had like Newcastle, yeah. Tottenham, and yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were flawless kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. true, true. Like, this is what I keep saying. Arsenal are just the real deal. Like people don't give them enough credit. Nah, but listen, bro, I'm, t- I'm telling you, bro, a run, a run in the first half of the season versus a run in the second half of the season yeah. is two different things, man. Because listen, Fresh we've, yeah. we've set the pace, right? We've set the pace and we've decided what we're on. And now in the second half of the season, we've actually got to ask ourselves, are we on what we think we're on? And like Newcastle mm. away, I think we're going to have to exercise a lot of demons. And I'm looking towards Newcastle away where we've got serious PTSD from last season. I feel like, I feel like there's loads of games that will test where we're at. But Newcastle away mentally will really show us what we're on. I, I think the United game, though, showed where you were at. Like, you you just said we're going to put our foot on their throat and make sure they can't go anywhere. And that was a... Like, it was a... I wasn't bothered about United. I was so confident that they were going to win. I ended up having my own little birthday lunch with my friends. Like, I, like, I had it. I had it on a phone in the background. I swear. Like, I, I... it was. It, it was more so that the manner of the mm. win, though. It it felt like you were watching, and I tweeted it. I feel like Arsenal are like a hybrid of peak Liverpool and peak mm. City. Oh, I, I've just... said this so often. I back yeah. that so but, but much. Listen, but listen, it... where I'm at with the United thing is, and I'll, I'll I'll come. We'll come back to your point. That is when we went one 0 down. I was able to enjoy Rashford's goal because I literally said to the boys, I was like, well, we're going to get the, we're going to get the next goal. And then when, and then I was like, when it was 1-1, I knew we were going to get the next goal. And then when they equalized, I was like, what's going on here? I was still watching the game at 2-2, not with this anxiety, not with the nervousness. I genuinely was just looking at Arsenal thinking, we're going to get the next goal. So, which mm. which is a city that's a city in Liverpool yeah. inevitability that serious teams have where they can just say right last twenty minutes of a game we're gonna and people look to that Liverpool team they're like how do they do it every yeah. time it's because if you keep keep pushing for twenty twenty five minutes thirty minutes of a game eventually you will score so I don't know when when the goal was it was like eighty eighty eighth minute or something like this yeah, 90, no it was ninety first bro really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But eventually, teams just crack because United were sitting in their box. A, a gap was always going to open up, especially when you got the technicians that we have. And as a fan, I was like, oh, you just know, you can sense kind of how the game's going. And sometimes you're just like, you know mm. what, a goal's coming. You know Arsenal winning this. Mm. I think yeah. even in the first half, I felt like that. I was like, I think we've got to go against a runner play. Arsenal are actually playing really, really good. We're not really doing anything. That's how it felt like. What was interesting is when United beat Arsenal earlier in the season, the game was pretty similar, yes. but the difference was Arsenal weren't as so sure. Mm. Like so, this time around, when the crosses were coming into the box, Arsenal continued to, as I say, have that City Liverpool thing where they were playing such high risk football, where you're, both your centre backs are really far wide, and you're holding midfielder sits in the middle, and his job is essentially to just keep recycling the ball. When you used to play against City at their peak, Fernandinho was just chipping the ball back into wide areas and you're going, flipping it. Like you're, Your legs are going as a defender. Liverpool were doing that for, with Fabinho. And then why I say they're really similar is, it, at both their peak, they always had individual players who you could give the ball to, but you'd create the situation for them. So that Saka second goal, they create the situation where he's allowed to come inside against Shaw. I know the commentator was saying, well, McTominay should have closed him now, but Odegaard it makes it. Uh, yeah, Ericsson. Odegaard makes this really quiet run, literally in the eye line of Ericsson, 
to almost like making like look for a second and then you've he got does like that. One. he does that every single time yeah. every single time which is so tiring for the defenders as you say you just, um, I think it, like no team in the world can concentrate for that yeah. long. The only team that probably can is your City and your Liverpool's at their peaks or the other team you're competing against. And I think Arsenal just wilt teams down and eventually, whether the goal is a deflected goal and it's come off in Ketty's knee or shin, that is literally what... You know what? I go back to the Arsenal-City game last year when Arsenal actually played unreal and then City scored that Rodri goal. And even though Arsenal played unreal that day, because of what City had, you were going, they're probably going to score. And they went and scored a really shitty goal and they ended up winning that game 2-1. And you're kind of going, how the F have they done that? But they, they just, they're just relentless. Um, and just finally, by the way, uh, relating to what James said earlier, I saw this tweet earlier this week and it's probably the best Arsenal tweet I've seen. Imagine being an Arsenal fan going to secondary school tomorrow. For fuck's sake, we walked so they could run. Which is <laughs> <laughs> fact. Uh, so City second. So um, let's give our 8-1. to one. One by one. I'll go first. I've got Brentford 8th, Liverpool 7th, Brighton 6th, Newcastle 5th, Spurs 4th, United 3rd, City 2nd and Arsenal 1st. I have got Brighton and Deserby Boy 8th, Chelsea scraping into 7th, Newcastle finishing on 6th, Spurs in 5th, Liverpool 4th and then our top 3, United, City with Arsenal as champions of the Premier League. I go Brighton... Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs, Newcastle, United, City, then Arsenal. But I do think, especially with El Nenny injured at the moment, well, sorry, when I say at the moment, El Nenny's effectively been ruled out for the season. I think we really need to sign a defensive midfielder because if anything happens to our current player, we're done, basically. Because that is the difference between the two United games was that Lokonga was playing in the first one and look, as good as he is, he absolutely cannot um, replicate that same role. I've got Go Brentford 8th, Liverpool 7th, Brighton 6th, Spurs 5th, United 4th, Newcastle 3rd, City 2nd and Arsenal 1st. Some mad shouts in there. Um, right, before we do relegation, I did not know that conversation was going to be that long. Uh, top scorer, anyone want to go anywhere else apart from Erling Haaland? How many do you think he's going to score? Who, Holland or my boy Eddie? Oh, you can go both <laughs> if you really want, just, just so we can hear you sing it again. <laughs> if that doesn't bang outside the Emirates Stadium, or like, I actually was with someone at the media team and I was like, is there no way you guys can say, like, anytime you score, just play that at the Emirates? Anyway, um, I don't know what Eddie's going to get. Um, I'd like to say 15. I'd like to say a healthy 15. Um, because I, I reckon I reckon he's identified himself as a little poacher extraordinaire and he'll enjoy that. Um, Holland is on 25 currently. Yes. That yeah. is taking the absolute piss. He he would have won last year's Ballon d'Or at halftime of oh, his last God game. Boot. Yeah, that's 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 Lewandowski numbers. Like, you know, when you're just chilling there and then someone brings up a Lewandowski stat and you're like, oh, how many goals is he on? Oh, yeah, 17 games played, 25 goals. And you're like, how's he reached 20 before yeah. Christmas? Um, I think Holland will score. He, Of course he will. 18 games. 
I was going to say, like, could he get to 35? That's 10 goals in 18 games. He can definitely do that. I think we'll all see him more than 35. And you know what the thing is as well? It's because it's not because he gets a goal. He's not that type of goal-a-game guy. Like, he likes dining out. He likes getting braces. And <laughs> he likes getting braces and hat-tricks. So um, I'm going to put a magic number on it, and I'm going to say a goal-a-game, which equals 43. <sighs> It's a lot of goals, man. That's a lot I was, of goals. Yeah, I was going to go something similar. I was going to say 42. What what I find hilarious about Haaland as well is people talked about like a little goal drought. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> I did. He, went, he went three games without a goal. One in, the, one in the EFL Cup where he played 34 minutes. He went two starts in the league against United and Chelsea without a goal. People were talking about a goal drought and then he scored four goals in two games and he's on 25 goals at the halfway point so yeah I'll go 42 um, but genuinely especially with how strong City are in the second half it's not unfeasible for him to get 50 the other thing is Champions League I mm. think um, he might get rested for the Champions League which will affect his numbers um, really? you think he's going to get rested for the Champions League? Uh, wait wait wait, wait, wait. They've, got rotate. they've got to rotate at some point James, don't James, they? James, have a think about it have a think about it. Re- rewind that one. Think about why they signed him and just double back on that one, mate. They signed him to win the Champions League. Uh, I persist. I think they signed him directly to win the Champions League. Guardiola was sick of Jesus and Sterling missing these chances because that's what was costing them in the Champions League is these players not being clinical enough. They signed him to win cup competitions, to score the goals. But I think he still benefit them in the league, but their team is less geared up to win a 38-game league season mm-hmm. because they've got players like Greek. They're relying more on one player. Uh, but in the Champions League, I don't think that's a problem. Especially, Champions League is all about transitions and that's where Haaland thrives. So, mm. I think, I don't know, his Champions League record is incredible too. He's He can't play every game, can he? Especially with his injury record. So, we'll see. Brains? I'm going to go with 44. Right, so we've got 42, 43, and 44. I actually think he's going to get 36. No I, think there's going to come, I think there's going to come a point where, like he had that three-game drought, there'll come a point where City either struggle or he struggles a little bit or Pep decides he's going to mess about a little bit or he's going to rest in midweek. They'll, I don't think he'll play 18. I think he'll probably play 14. So you're, saying, so, especially, so you're saying they'll rest him in the league and go all in. The yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah. No, sorry, that's that's yeah, what that's I was trying to say when I said they were resting him for the Champions League. Oh, that's what I was saying. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was yeah. confused why you were so like. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Right. It's because I'm pretty sure you said they'll rest him in the Champions League. I thought I said rest for nah, the I think Champions League. Oh, wait, wait, there's my only my one my way my to find out. Let's let's double it back when it goes out loud. Yeah, I think towards the end of the season they'll be in the title race. Obviously. But I feel like there might be a bit, still be a little bit of distance, and I think at that point they'll be in the latter stage of the Champions League, and I think he'll either start him for forty-five minutes in the league or bring him off the bench, and I think that'll impact his form in the league, and they'll bank on the Champions League. So I think he'll actually end up playing probably fourteen full nineties, maybe thirteen full nineties, and that's why I think. Also, I just think there's a curse around that number, man. And when anyone gets a bit close to that number, shit just starts to happen. Um, so I just, I'm like, I, in my head, look, I do, I just cannot see that chart and it say like 31, 32, 33, is it 34 now, the record, and then 48. Like, I just cannot see that. Like, it just wouldn't make no sense to me. I mean, I can, I mean, if you look at, 
the the people that have scored mostly they've gone oh he's got like six braces this season my man's got mm. is it four hat tricks yeah. yeah, yeah, all hat tricks. I I don't think they count braces. They do that in the Bundesliga. But how many braces has he got this season? It's not just hat tricks or one goals. There are times where he scored two goals in a game. Like yeah. that's what. Let's have a look. That's what. That's what I keep thinking about. That he is. He's scoring not just in. He's he's not scoring super regularly. He's also scoring in batches as well. Like two goals here, two goals here. Also, also, just on what Nubaid says, when you say he's going to be rested some games, I think he'll still get minutes in those games. Score. And he score. knows he, he'll, he can get goals. He'll score a goal and then come off in the 60th minute or something when they're 3-0 up or something. So Exactly. Or he'll get subbed on and score two yeah. because that's what he yeah. does. He's scored hat-tricks for Dortmund coming off the bench. But, know, but while we to go on to the next thing, I'll ask the question for you, Nubaid. You said Haaland 36, did you say? Yeah. Does he win the player of the season then? I actually think if Arsenal win the league, Saka will win player of the season. Because oh. um, I think they'll go, yeah, he's won the... Because there's, there's still this feeling around Haaland that like people... So there's a percentage of people, especially in media and also co-players, who say he's actually not that good. City just creates so many chances and, and he's just a good finisher. Whereas I think like Saka has much more media roar around him. And when it comes to player of the season... There was a season I think De Bruyne won it, if you remember, and he didn't actually have a great season. So um, I think there's a lot more raw around Saka. I think if Arsenal win the league, there'll be a huge story around Saka doing it for Arsenal. I reckon if we, I reckon um, if we win the league, it'll be Martin Odegaard that wins player of the season. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Really? Because Odegaard is now... He shouldn't be, and I disagree with it being that, but there are now talks coming out of reaching that De Bruyne level. Like that, like for example, like if he carries this on, like he's producing moments in games or bits of quality that you've only seen the likes of De Bruyne in the league perform. Um, and a lot of what Saka ends up doing, a lot of Saka's end product is started two or three moves before because of what Odegaard's doing. And I think, I think mm. if you take Saka out, if you take his goals and assists out, I think it's seven goals, eight assists, something yeah. like that. Yeah, if you take that out. There's a debate to say someone else would come in and fill in those numbers. If you take Odegaard out of the team, yeah. our goals and output drop dramatically. So I would say Martin, super captain Martin. So you, wait, so you think Odegaard will win it if Arsenal yeah. win the league? Also, also bear in mind that um, he will be the one lifting the trophy. Whatever, whatever that means. Vibes. <laughs> the best, the best player. Because I, I agree with Dan fully. I think he is the guy who. Because of Fabio Vieira, he he might not be the least replaceable, but I think he is the most impactful player in our team where he drives us on after we concede. He grabs... And it's crazy because when he first joined, a lot of people accused him of being passive and not being mm. able to take games by the scruff of the neck. That is completely the opposite now. He is the player who says, right, fuck this. Yeah. I'm getting the ball. He drops deep. He brings the team forward. And he's, he's also one of the primary players who presses for yeah. us. Um, and it's, so, it's yeah, a serious I, engine which I just didn't think a player like him would have. Like, I don't, also, go on. I was, I don't know if like you could replace Saka that easily though. Like, I, I think Saka and Odegaard are equally irreplaceable because Saka's output this season, and not only his output but also his ability overall and how he impacts the game is unbelievable. Like, he put, he had, he sure was backpedaling into his penalty area every, every single time. Like, no, absolutely, I, I think, absolutely. When, no, no, we, 
like tomorrow if someone said oh should we drop Saka I'd be like fuck no uh but what <laughs> what 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 we're trying to say is that Saka's output and performance is amplified by the presence of Martin Odegaard and without Martin Saka would have to do a lot more by, by but himself. if 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 Saka isn't in the side and Odegaard is, you don't have a player who's putting the ball in the net. Nelson scored two and got an assist in the one game that he started. Hey, listen, oh, that's that's a, very hey, small hey, assist. Guys, that's that bashing there. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, also, the other thing about Saka, that I don't know if you've started paying more attention to Arsenal recently, Nubay, but he's really grown into the season. So that might carry on into the second half of the season. But his numbers especially, he's been doing more recently. Whereas at the start of the season, he started quite slowly. Um, that was the slice dig towards me not watching Arsenal. Just in case you haven't watched us, you know, this, this no, is no, real. No, 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 absolutely not that. I'm saying people are taking more notice of us now that we're, okay, they're actually serious. Before people, at the start of the season, uh, you won't remember Erdegaard getting a brace against Wolves. I, I do actually because I've watched every oh, episode. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Awesome! <laughs> oh, <laughs> did, you go, um, did you go to the United game? Sorry, uh, I did. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, thank you. Shush. <laughs> um, previous winners have been Salah, De Bruyne twice, Van Dijk, Salah, Kante, Mares. So it doesn't actually finish as the top scorer every time. I don't. It hasn't actually happened often. Suarez in 2013-14, top scorer. Uh, Salah 17-18 and Salah 21-22. Apart from that, in the last, like, what, seven, eight years, that's not actually and been I, and top I think, scorer. I think, so. I think journalists, players, um, whoever votes for these things, I think they will be able to quantify what Haaland's goals have meant for City versus what Odegaard's mm. overall play has meant for Arsenal. And I think... And, yeah. and winning the league normally does help swing things. <laughs> two fun. two Norwegians fighting out anyway. Two yeah, best no, friends. For the World Cup. Could we, could, yeah. At one yeah. point, I thought Odegaard might convince Holland to join us. That's how delusional I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Odegaard is uh, is paying as well, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, Baines, have you got who did you have? Odegaard as well? I'm still going to go with Holland, man. Yeah. Listen, 25 goals in 18 games. Like These are numbers that we haven't seen in the Premier League, which is why I still think. He will be the favourite. Well, has, has it always been like the league? Like whoever wins the league wins it? No, nah, no. Nah. So uh, Salah got it last year. Liverpool didn't win the league. Um, the Bruyne of the year before that. Uh, Liverpool won the league that year, didn't they? Yeah, I'm still yeah. going to go with Haaland. Yeah. Okay. Well, I actually, by the way, I actually think it might be Haaland as well. well do, you th- do you think it's because he'll reach uh, an unprecedented number of goals? Like he'll blow the record out yeah. of the... You know what? Let me say this. I think Haaland wins it, but I don't want him to win it. Like I would prefer an old yeah. guy to win it. Like from a football standpoint, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I... Oh, love it. But then we yeah. all know, we um, all know, sorry, just to touch on that, we all know when Odegaard, or if Odegaard wins player of the year, they will unlock a new level of Terminator that we didn't know existed. City will then win the City will then win the win the league by sixty seven points and Holland. We say they're going to break the bank. Yeah, for no, no, and then Holland's going to score eighty goals. Like that's the thing. If you, if you piss him off, he's going to come back. But I'm happy to piss him off just for one season. But did you see recently? He came out in the, in an interview and said like he they're on the hunt. That's yeah, scary. Bro. So if, if, if I saw Holland running towards me, I'd faint. I'm not. <laughs> Arsenal just need to do their business because um, if they start thinking about City, they will catch you up. It's the, like when City and Liverpool used to tussle, Liverpool would start thinking about City too much, and and also City are City could easily win the next eighteen games, like legit. Yeah. 
Um, I feel like Spurs poked the bear. I feel like Spurs woke him up a little bit, and and then I mean Spurs were garbage in the second half. I don't know though. I thought that was pretty much Riyad Mahrez doing what Riyad Mahrez does when he's playing at his best. Like he carried that team that day. Yeah, but I I do also think like that that game will make them go. Oh, we can't let that happen again. You know, like there's been games where they've been really poor, but then they fell two 0 behind against an awful Spurs team and then dragged it out. I don't know. It felt like one of those games where we'll look back at that and go, "Oh, that's where they the they start of like through. a fifteen game run or something." Yeah, it's very typical. Like, I'm not saying they're back to their best in that game, but they had the ability to overcome a Spurs side on a day where they weren't good. The only reason that... go back to Spurs next, then Spurs are going to want revenge. So. Yeah, putting them again and then washing my hands <laughs> after the game. <laughs> the only reason I disagree, I think Pep's quite openly spoke about the mentality in the squad, didn't it? I think it was yeah. also a report. I think yesterday I read that a couple of players might want to leave. Yeah, I don't think they're saying Joao, Gundo, and Bernardo Silva are unhappy. Yeah, yeah, and I just don't think like well. that camp is like a hundred percent. And I think, and don't get me wrong, Rico Lewis, I think that's how you say his name, has been brilliant. But I think he, Pep's kind of using him as an example. So like the yeah. senior player saying, yo, like a young player, he's hungry, he hasn't won the league. He's doing it. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Kind of yeah. Well, I, I yeah. also I also it... think he's trying to let them know that don't get gassed, isn't it? Just because we've won the league five yeah. times, I will bench you. Like I will <laughs> I will And I think the way I kind of look at see, I think Rico Lewis has obviously been impressive. I think Greedish has actually been doing all right the last couple of weeks. I think Akanji's obviously looked good this season. These are players that have won the league once or haven't won the league. They haven't went to prove. Mm. Same thing with Holland. Isn't it? Isn't it interesting as well though? Because everyone's always seen City as being like the the they're the model of how you build a team. You have to build two starting elevens that are strong enough to win a league. And now this is all coming crashing down because you've got too many good players who want to be yeah. playing. They're not happy. So it's kind of like at some point you've got to have you've got to have a bit of Liverpool structure where you have such a strong starting eleven. And a backup because otherwise you'll get Gundogan, Bernardo Silva, Jao Cancelo, who are all not happy. Yeah. And also, and oh, that, sorry, Gomez. You can kind of say like, if they were top, would you really see these reports? The answer might be yeah, no. no, so, no the no, fact I, that they're not course, winning, that's yeah. why that's gonna pay. Yeah, and, and, and likewise, think, when a team is top of the league, you're like, yeah, everyone's getting on, everyone's gassed, everyone's happy to be there. Of course, this is yeah. football. The t- time is such a big thing as well. Like, Gundogan's, what, 30? Cancelo's 29? Bernardo's 27? Like, these boys want to play football mm-hmm. combined with the fact that you're losing games and all of a sudden, all, a lot of these boys might be saying, and they might not be saying, but they might be going, listen, boss, like, get me in. Like, I pulled, like, Gundogan will be going two years ago. I pulled us out of the, uh, out of that sort of terrible run with 12 in 12. Bernardo he's will say I did it. He won them the league last year. Yeah, pa- yeah. apparently he's going Barca. Um, so it's all about, I mean, if yeah, Arsenal... Martel might give him a call. Listen, listen, I would guys, love, guys, I would love guys, it. This, is, this is exactly why I was gassed when we got Mikel, right? Not only when he was like fresh, we got to focus on the quality. I don't know why I'm sounding Dutch, but um, he's... Uh, <laughs> uh, he, <laughs> he, he, he said, we want to focus on the mentality. And I was like, all right, big man, that's great. But when are you going to dip into Man City's bargain bin? Because yeah. that squad there, that's, that squad there, any unhappy player, bring them over. Because as soon as they come in, they are going to be ultra class. I don't think any of us understood the level that Zinchenko was at. I think we were like, oh, good addition. But we didn't realize this is the level that City operate at, that Zinchenko can't get into that squad. So listen, anyone that's unhappy at City... Give your boy Mikel a call. We'll sort you out. But I think Pep's probably also underestimated Arsenal. Yeah, where now it's kind of like, yo, actually, now he's going to block every transfer to Arsenal. <laughs> no, but Gundogan's a bit different because he has six he's months there, so we don't really yeah. have a choice. He wants his receipts. 
Um, what I will say, Daniel, remind me of this next time when we have this City bargain bucket conversation. Because that, if we get KFC as a sponsor, that is the best segue to an ad ever. <laughs> I'm just thinking about a cash. <laughs> um, right, very quickly, we need to do relegation because uh, this has turned into a really long pod. This was so tricky because I honestly like cannot put my finger on who's going to go on a good run. I honestly thought Forest were a little bit close to the relegation zone, um, but they've obviously stitched a few wins together. They brought in Danilo and Scarpa, both very good. good Scarpa? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his little side-footed volley thing was yeah. not one, though. That's weird, man. Yeah, like, that was, it was weird, that was beautiful. What are you talking about? Yeah, it was just... Wait, just... <laughs> wait, who, who <laughs> mentioned it? Was the commentators? Like, you know what? You'll usually see that. That was weird, man. Yeah, Gary, Gary oh, Neville. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it, was a, it was a bit of an odd technique. But yeah, he looked very good. And Danilo's like a very good footballer. Thank you um, as well. Yeah. Uh, so very quickly, rock bottom. This was so tough. Uh, I have gone with Southampton. I just don't think they've got enough goals. Um, and I think the, like, the clock's been ticking. I think they made the wrong appointment. I've got nothing against um, Nathan Jones. But I just think when you're down there, you've got to bring in someone who knows how to get you out of there. Especially when you're down there and you're actually the worst team in the league. Like If you're like uh, 18th and you're flirting with relegation, maybe like an Everton, you might be able to go get a manager who can progress you this season and next season. But when you're right at the bottom and you're not scoring goals and you don't look like you're playing good football and they just lost out on their target to Bournemouth, Jackson, um, it's not Jackson Martinez, um, Nicholas Jackson, they just lost him to Bournemouth for 22 million. Wait, that's the guy that you were talking about on Sky the other day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Did you see Bournemouth are also getting uh, Zaniola? Yeah. No, he's going to go to um, Milan, man. He's gonna go. Milan ain't got nah, peas. Zan- they got, haven't got money. Idiot, man. Unless I don't know. I don't know what Michael B. Jordan said to him at Fashion Week or something like that. Yeah, but if this Donny goes Bournemouth, he's lost the plot, bro. Like, I'm not gonna lie though. He's been garbage for like the last twelve months. He has, but he's also come off the back of back-to-back potentially, ACLs, potentially yeah. career-ending injuries, yeah. and he his stock is still such in Italy where they they look at him. In... Well, it's a loan. It's a loan. It'll be a loan. So. Him as well, Sorry. Hey, Tottenham, Tottenham don't want him anymore because they they said if they give him to Tottenham, they want 35 million. Whereas if they give him to Bournemouth, they're like, hey, you probably ain't got the peas. So oh, loan please. to buy option works with you lot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've gone Southampton bottom. Um, what's everyone else got? Because I'm, I'm struggling. I agree. Uh, I think this is finally the season where no one was going for James Ward-Prowse and now there will be every single team looking to get a bargain on him. Um it just doesn't seem like it's come together. And correct me if I'm wrong, their manager who took over is the former Luton manager, yeah? yeah? I just feel like... I used to... I've driven past the Luton Stadium a lot, yeah? <laughs> and I just want to say something, lad, yeah? I know this is supposed to be a football analytical <laughs> podcast, yeah? But big man, their club shop is, like, in someone's living room. <laughs> I think I've seen the, like, away game that like, you have to climb bro, on top of someone's I've garden. I've driven past that stadium... Their club shop is like, and their ticketing hall thing, you have to go through someone's alleyway. Like, you've got to walk through man's yard to get to the thing, right? So all I'm saying is you can't go from that to Premier League survival. I'm sorry. Like, I don't care about any stats. Just their club shop alone has shown me that this manager here probably cut out for taking Southampton down and doing very well with them in the championship and bringing them back up. Um, But right now, the way it's looking, it just looks like devoid of ideas. And it would be such a shame because I think Southampton have done such amazing work top to bottom um, during their time in the Prem. 
And it's a shame that it has to end this way, if if it ends this way. Uh, I am going to support that. I actually forgot to order them. I just put my three teams. So I had to decide the order Man, now. I, I was... said order them like we were asking him to order his next yeah. pair of chinos. I forgot to order them. <laughs> I, I was going to have Bournemouth bottom. But I just think, I don't know, Marcus, they, they've been on a horrible run recently, Bournemouth, but they also have Marcus Tavernier, who's coming back. Um, mm. And I really rate him. I think he's their best player. And also they seem to be making more movements in the January window than Southampton. Southampton are just blunt. They don't really have a defence. They rely too much on Ward-Prowse's free kicks. Um, and you're right, basically, they've hired a championship manager to get them out of the Premier League. Maybe over time, they'll go down, come back up, start a project. But I think for this season, they're kind of done. Listen, are, are arguably a League One manager to manage in the Championship. Like, obviously, yeah. Leeds, yeah. Leeds, yeah, yeah, Leeds yeah. rise through the leagues and their performance in the Championship has been sensational. But you're talking about, you're almost talking about what Bournemouth are to the Premier League is what Luton were to the I Championship. I was thinking that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, uh, it's very fine margins. And I just feel like, I feel like maybe Southampton thought, right, a new dawn, Ralph out now. Let's give this guy a chance to build. But the, the mm-hmm. Premier League's unforgiving, bro. Uh, it's unforgiving, so. Yeah, I got Southampton cool. relegated as well. Yeah. It's a shame, Sorry. but I actually like a couple of their players. Like, you're looking at that Samuel Eldozy. Eldozy. Guy, yeah. Wall Prowse, oh. Lavia. Kyle Walker-Peters, like, they have like a core yeah, that was getting, crazy how can, youngsters. How can Kyle Walker-Peters be getting relegated? Like, it just makes no but sense. But I think that's also like, you could argue a negative in terms of they have, in my eyes, I think the youngest squad or second yeah, youngest squad second in the league youngest. with Arsenal. Right. <laughs> there's, there's no way James knows anyone else on that list apart from Arsenal. And he just saw Southampton's name <laughs> next to them one day and he went, yo, I got my stat. <laughs> And I think they've had a difficult last couple of years. I do think Ralph Hasnall was a good manager. Though. Absolutely. Yeah, I still he think he kind of kept Southampton afloat. And listen, Nathan Jones, like you lot have spoken about it, like he's probably not a Premier League manager. Or he definitely right. isn't. Who are you going second bottom? I've gone with Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Mm. Same. Like, I know they have a couple of players out. Like, you spoke about it, Tav- Tavernier, however you say his name. Slanky's out. They are making a couple signings which should help, but overall, like, don't get me wrong, Gary O'Neill went on a decent run. He's still Gary O'Neill. They shouldn't have hired him. They shouldn't have hired him. They, that that sounds like... too rude, actually. Let me take that back. Let me take that back. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's mad. Don't that's mad. <laughs> No, no, but... He's still Gary O'Neill. <laughs> no, no, but I'd love of... him. I'd love him to stay up now and then have that. <laughs> no, because since he's become full time manager, I don't think he's won a game. No, he hasn't. They just had a new manager bounce. His peak. They had a new manager Look, bounce. I, I think the caretaker manager situation actually has proof. I saw someone's thread on it that it works because it, it's almost like no one takes the job seriously. Yeah. As soon as you become manager, you have to now go to all these meetings, and I don't know what the exact stipulation is. But I just think the pressure is huge. And when you're caretaker, you know, I might not be here yeah, for that long. I've got um, nothing to lose. You know, Giggsy, Carrick, that man there did it as well. I think now, like, as soon as you go, you're the gaffer, you got a three-year contract, all of a sudden he's like, shit, I need to keep yeah. my job. And I think the biggest thing is kind of like, you can make big calls straight away just because you know you're not going to be here for the long term. Yeah. yeah. Now, as soon as you become manager, you have to start looking after the players mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. And he's, Completely and different he's, he's answerable for everything at the end of every month, which is uh, mm-hmm. a different prospect. But... um. 
Maybe Michael B. Jordan can can pull something off. Maybe he can use his content. Also, also as caretaker manager, it's just as simple as because you're managing the first three or four games after a manager leaves, you've got a point to prove. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything's everything's up in the air again. Everything's out in the open. Where all right, there's a new manager. Let me let me prove myself. And then the manager then takes charge. The team's settled, and then it's just same old, same old, basically. Yeah, I've got them second bottom as well. I just think. I looked at starting 11 against uh, Forest and I was like, I don't think I would have any of those players um, if I was 15th in the league. Like, that's how I see it. Like, if you're like forgetting the top three, top four, top five teams, because realistically, Nettles if you're in the right. bottom, he's all right, but like, he's not, he's not great. They've got four goalkeepers, basically. They just signed another one in this window. So clearly they're not convinced. Darren Randolph, um, I think he was, isn't it? Yeah, Darren yeah. Randolph, yeah. Um, then they've obviously got Neto as well. But I just look at 11 and I go, Jefferson Lerma was there when they got relegated last time, and he's uh, and it's not to say he's a bad footballer. It's just in, in the Premier League, like our Everton actually do there in the relegation battle as well. Who's actually our Villa going to come come along and buy your players? I don't think they are. I like so, Billing. Sad Billing. Yeah, Bill, Billing's been linked to a load of German clubs. Apparently, Hertha Berlin are close to signing him. Oh, You've got so. all the transfer knowledge right hey. now. Yeah, man, <laughs> on tap. I forgot about XG. I just started focusing on transfers. Um, Right, third bottom. This this one is probably the most difficult choice of the bunch, I think. I've got a name. Go on. This is like if buts and maybes here. Yeah. I've Go gone on. with Everton if they appoint Marcelo Bielsa. Just oh. if they, wait, wait, if they appoint him? Yeah. And the reason I've gone with Everton if they appoint Marcelo Bielsa, I think, first of all, Marcelo Bielsa... You cannot judge what Bielsa does until the end of the season. He has to be like a two and a half, three year deal where you kind of let him build. Yeah. Secondly, I think he's. Oh, there's been reports that he's already unhappy with the squad in terms of. I think he said they lack pace or something. Yeah. yeah. Which is obviously a worry. Next thing, Everton as a whole, like, there's just so much going wrong from top to bottom. Fans obviously unhappy with the ownership. Listen, it's a difficult time, and I think. Mashiri might want to sell Everton as well. I think there's been like yeah. murmurings around that. It's not a good environment to be in. Like I think last year, what was massive for Everton when they stayed up was Richarlison and obviously Everton fans getting behind the team. I just think right now there's a very, very big like disconnect with that entire club, which is why I'm like, I think it's going to be difficult if they're putting Bielsa. Sean Dyche, on the other hand, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, He'll find a way. He'll yeah, find a exactly. way. <laughs> I think he's kind of more of a manager for now whereas Bielsa is more of a project and I yeah. don't know which way they want to go I think on Everton like the fans loved Lampard because he was like such a vibesman like he was such good vibes Bielsa's not going to be like running down the touchline when they win 1-0 against Forest with one minute to go Bielsa's not going to be punching the air like in in Merseyside they love that stuff which is why Jurgen Klopp caught on Duncan so much Ferguson. because yeah, Duncan Ferguson as well, because they the fans like really embrace that sort of character, someone who's outwardly emotional. But he also has a translator. Um, so I just don't and he constantly think... looks down when he talks. Yeah. Yeah, but also a Leeds, I think Leeds fans are kind of a little bit comparable to Everton fans where they yeah. they're very patriotic's not the word, it's not, but they're so passionate about their team and they want someone to really get behind who has some identity and um, Leeds fans absolutely adored Bielsa 
and um, but also the situation was different Leeds were in the gutter when Bielsa got there and because they were willing to be patient they weren't fighting relegation in the Premier League they were like we're happy for you to make bad signings we're happy for you to bring Luke Ayling in from Yeovil and hope you can do a job with him at Everton like Bielsa needs to go in and immediately get people and there's no, no pre-season and you need to remember Everton have true. never been relegated that's true, that's true. Yeah. he could I, he could if he took them down and then brought them back up I think he could be absolutely loved but in the the short fans time. ain't going to wait, man. The fans are not going to wait for that. No, but that's yeah. what I said. I think Bielsa is going to be a project manager that you just have to stick by. Whereas Sean mm. Dyche, I think if you bring him in, you have to stay up. Yeah. Um, who you got third bottom, James? Um, so, I was assuming that Everton get Sean Dyche. I have no idea who they're getting, uh, but that was my assumption. And I have to have one little controversial take in this. So I'm going to go for Leicester. Ooh. Where has I... that come from? I also don't like Leicester, so uh, well, I, I would quite enjoy yeah, this I, because Leicester fans were really... I know Le- Leicester fans, why are we talking about this? But Leicester fans were really annoying when Arsenal were um, when Arsenal were doing badly. There was all this talk about Leicester being better than Arsenal and all this. I was like, Leicester knocking Arsenal out of the top six when um, when they won the FA Cup. All of this nonsense. So they, they absolutely deserve to be where they are. Um, I just think you've got some good players who can't be asked? Tielemans doesn't want to be there. Um, I don't know about players like Ndidi, but he, I don't know where he's, if he's been playing recently. He's not been performing to his best. Vardy's done. Um, Rogers doesn't like Iheanacho. Madison is basically all they've got. They're a bit of a one-man team. And I know they've got to play every team once before the end of the season, but they've got Villa away, Spurs at home, United away, Arsenal at home, Southampton away, that's a huge game. Then they've got Chelsea home, Brentford and Palace away. So they've got a run there. You look at it and you think, I actually don't know where they can pick up points. So I definitely don't think they're favourites to go down. But they are, if I look at the table now, I think they're right in there. Um, Yeah, 18 points. They're one point ahead of 18th place Bournemouth. Exactly. So it doesn't look like they're down there because it's so close. But put it this way, after this like eight-game run, they could be, they could be well down there. Rogers could be sacked, and then they're scraping, at looking who they can get. They could get Dyche even because Dyche is his Not, not, not sure how that impacts the conversation, but fuck it, it's his birthday. No, no, because he. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the news conference. He, they were linked to Jack Harrison and like, like Jack Harrison, Brendan Rogers. Oh, is yeah, listen, man. Happy birthday to Brendan Rogers if he's watching, isn't it? Um. Danielle, who you got third bottom? Uh, for me, it's uh, I'm actually uh, I'm actually winging this one because I deleted my notes. Um, but I actually think it's gonna be so we've we've got Southampton, then we've got Bournemouth. Who did I have third? I actually didn't have someone third. You know, I, it's tough. I just can't see Everton. Yeah. Like I cannot fathom saying the words Everton are going down. I know. Like that, just oh, oh, right, right. I've got one for you. No, Jesse Marsh is quality. No, I've got one for you. Yeah, I've is. got one for you. I've got one for you. Go on. I think Nottingham Forest are going down. Get in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like Nottingham Forest are going down. I feel like after getting slapped up, they've developed some level of game manageability and how to win games in the Premier League now. Um, but I still feel like. They just give me Fulham vibes. Do you remember when Fulham signed Andre Schurler and everyone mm. under the sun without any sort of without any sort of plan or structure? Um, 
I just feel like Nottingham Forest will lose their way. And I feel like the new manager bounce with Everton fans putting blue smoke grenades up and welcoming them. Like, you know what happened last season? That will now happen for a whole second half of the season. And I feel like Everton have it in them to claw themselves um, to claw themselves out of this predicament. I do think um, uh, the I think Wolves have it in them, their manager, their mm. players. I think Wolves have it in them to create a run. I think West Ham have it in them to grind out results and build away. As you said, Leeds have got some sort of identity that I think they'll stick with. Um, and even though Leicester are on a terrible form of run, uh, sorry, a terrible run of form, I reckon Nottingham Forest will, will fall away and uh, probably um, on the last day get relegated. I'm I'm gonna agree with you. Um, mainly because I was going through it and I just cannot see who else no. goes down. It was between them and Everton, to be completely honest. But Everton depends on the the manager. It depends if Anthony Gordon leaves. Uh, it depends who they bring in. They just got rejected by Dan Juma. But I just think Forest plays such an open, expansive style of football. They play like they've been in the Premier League for ten years, and it's so weird yeah. to me. Um, and the, the thing the thing is, I, their manager as well, Steve Cooper. He signed a what a seven? Has he signed a seven year deal? Yeah, seven year I, I deal. Thought, I was like, wait, have I just made that up? Really? So he signed a seven yeah, year yeah. deal. So I feel like they're. That was only about six yeah, weeks Yeah, I or... honestly just reckon Not- Nottingham Forest are just having a lovely time. They're just enjoying themselves. Like, oh, let's make the most of these Premier League days out before we, you know, go back down. I, I don't yeah. think there's there's no pragmatism in a way that Brentford was showing pragmatism when they first walked into the league. And, um, yeah. and that's why. It's, it's just hard. Like, Wolves got Julian Lopetegui, West Ham have David Moyes, Leeds have Jesse Marsh, Leicester have Rodgers. Palace of Vieira, Villa have Emery. We're up to like that's the bottom ten teams. So I hear that, but nah, don't, don't even bring Villa into it. Villa feasibly could finish ahead of Chelsea. Or yeah, yeah. I just mean uh, that's the, the bottom ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. they've had since since Emery took over, they've had joint top points in the league with Arsenal yeah. and United, I believe. Yeah. They're actually only three points behind Brighton, if I'm not wrong. I've yeah, they're no yeah three points behind Brighton, and Brighton mm-hmm. have had this amazing season. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'll go Forest. Mainly, I just cannot find anyone else. Also, Henderson's out for the next three games. So, we've got Wayne Henderson in that. They've been getting Cade on Amherst, Bats for the summer, because he's out of contract in the summer. Oh, it's weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. I so, I don't think... Yeah, I, I can't imagine if they get relegated, Cade on Amherst is going to go play in the Championship. Um, but you know but one he, thing I would say about Nottingham Forest, just backing them quickly. Their home form has been decent. The sixth yeah. round is a very tough round to go to. And I think even last year in the FA Cup, I think they had a decent run there. Yeah. Did they not beat Arsenal? I might be wrong. No, listen, you know they did, but you're here. No, no, I might no, I, I feel like they beat Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, big man. You know, Was it Tottenham? Yeah, yeah. They beat well, Jed Spence did a thing on uh did no, I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a thing on Spurs as well. Yeah. He did. Yeah, so they've listen, only they've only lost three times at home in the league, Baines. Yeah, and I think Gibbs White over the last couple of weeks has really, really stepped up. Like he's looking really, really good. Uh, they obviously brought in Chris Wood as well. Listen, before when he was at Berlin, guaranteed what ten league goals every single season. Can you do that until the end of the season? I don't know. Brendan Johnson's obviously going to be a threat. I think he's kind of growing into it as well. Against United, he had a couple chances. I think they could stay up. My boy Jesse Lingard as well. Fine. Hopefully, I I reckon I reckon uh, one of one of five teams on the last day will have the capability to go down and it's just going to be who scrapes it over the line. And I just, um, I just, I just, I have a feeling that Forrest won't. I have a feeling that Forrest won't. Yeah. Um, right. I'm on editing duty. So as much as I love talking to you a lot, 
Um, this is going to be a fat edit, and it's going out at 1 a.m. tomorrow. So right now, recording time is 5 p.m. Thursday. That's not a lot of time. I'm playing football for three hours as well in a bit, and I've got to make dinner as well. I'm on dinner duty. So, uh, yeah, we're struggling out here. wicked. James Bay. early in the morning? Um... You really want to have this conversation on the podcast or you want to save this for like after the podcast? <laughs> no, you, you, say, you can tell me whatever. <laughs> Man said, give me a, ta- a tactical breakdown of why you're at least not 1am. Um, for you lot listening, uh, thank you for tuning in. James, Danielle, Baines, pleasure as always. And we'll see you all next time.